With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Well, we are. We're finally here this morning. Good morning, everybody. This is Chuck Bartok speaking to you from the banks of the Sacramento River for our 200 and, I believe, 89th episode. I'm kind of winging it this morning. I am not online, so... Uh, 389. 389. Thank you, Lori. Okay. (laughs) I appreciate that. Um, Okay. We got uh, Lori Polina is with us, and uh, she's indicated to me that Jeff Beeman is also with us in Indiana. Good morning, Jeff. And uh, he's on. uh, He's on chat. Right, there we go. Okay, I'm still trying to shut down and start back up again to see what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and we are live, right, Lori? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, we are being recorded live, and Jeff says good morning, chat only, um, at the office. So. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, so he's on the chat only. All right, sounds yeah. good. Yeah. Well, you know... Uh, First of all, I'd like to, uh, I'm going to talk about some things today, and uh, I enjoy reading, as most of you know, on a regular basis, and uh, I found a lot of the ideas that we're going to discuss this morning in a great book, and uh, like I said, Lori, I don't have, uh, could you type in your computer and see if this is the correct address, bestbusinessmindset.com slash deliver. Let me know what that, that takes you to. Okay. Because I'd like to plug the book written by a mother and son that has been quite helpful to me. And uh, that's always uh, always a good thing to read things that help help yourself. And that's basically what we're going to talk about today is uh, helping yourself. And uh, it's always uh, where we should be. I'm going to shut my computer down, bingo, bango, and then I can concentrate on what we're doing. One of the questions that was posed in the book that I was reading is, uh, do you want to perform well, or do you have a need to perform well? I know that it's just Lori and Jeff with us today. And uh, Lori, what you know, if if you were in a seminar or something and said uh, uh, somebody asked the question of the audience, do you want to perform well or do you need to perform well? How would you answer that, Lori? Um, you want to perform well. It's it's got to do with the desire. You have to want to do something before you're able to do it that's that's absolutely true and the 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 other part of the question is that it is uh, an accepted position by people who think that anytime you need 
to do something, you're going to do it poorly. And the odds are it's not going to succeed because the need overpowers your true ability to be yourself. Uh, I need to uh, close this sale. Uh, I need to impress my boss. Uh, That type of motivation typically takes us nowhere in the long term. Now, it can have some short-term results. And as most of us know that have been around more than a day or two, short-term results usually, usually uh, are Band-Aids and don't give us uh, substance. Tuck, on uh, what you asked me to do, um, try to pull up that bestbusinessmindset.com slash deliver. I get to the best business mindset. Okay, try to. Try no results. Try youcanbuild.it slash deliver. Okay. Thank you, Lori. So so whenever we need an outcome, like Jeff sitting there in the automobile uh, dealership, and if he needs to sell a car today, that need, and these are theories, will probably overpower his true authenticity in being able to close that sale. If he approaches the the, the couple coming up, uh, the buyer, and uh, asks the appropriate question and knows that he is doing his best in, in uh, gathering all of the assets that he has, with his ability to communicate, ask questions, uh, cipher the questions, and and guide people to a solution. With the attitude, he doesn't give a squat whether they buy or not. Okay. Is that it? Uh, Yes, it's the youcanbuild.it slash deliver that takes takes you to the book, yeah. Takes you to the Amazon link. Right, right. And... uh, I, I, you know, again, I, I use uh, my referral link. Everybody, you can build. It slash deliver. Uh, I, I would uh, have a thirty-five cent commission should you choose to buy it. I recommend. I really do. For those of you listening today, tomorrow, in the future, this book, well written by two psychologists, and and it's how to deliver when you need it the most. And, and obviously, that's what we started talking about. Uh, Jeff is in the automobile business. It is imperative for he and his wife and his family for him to have a steady flow of income. There's no question about that. But it's how we approach things that many times uh, can can be extremely effective or defective in producing results. Good morning to to Gerara hanging out in the background. All right. Good morning, Gerara. Thank you, Laurie. (laughs) You know, so really, we've talked about this before. It, it it shows application in Think and Grow Rich. It shows application in the Master Key. It shows application in in um, uh, the Right Thought, the Miracle of Right Thought. And it's been a theme on this program for a long time. Forget how it turns out. Just do it. You know, I'm, I like. I like what Jeff says. He says, 
Um, he says it's the trick is to get is not to get into a need mindset. Right. He says I want to stay ahead of the game. I want to sell a solution, not a product, because I need the sale. Right. Right. Absolutely. Fantastic, Jeff, and thanks for the share. And as we're talking, I'm sure you're going to have a successful day, as you do every day. And that's the other side of the coin. Many of the people on this show are involved in commerce. And sometimes we're here because we want to improve our ability to be successful uh, in the the world of commerce. And my personal history has shown me that when I spend my time making presentations, garnering all the assets that God has given me, garnering the assets that I have honed from practice, the outcome is basically irrelevant because I know it's just a natural law that if I do my job well, there will be conclusion. There will be positive conclusion. Now, if I'm constantly being rejected, I love this word, rejected. If I'm constantly not solving people's problems correctly, it's nobody's fault but my own, and it's an indication that I'm approaching it with the wrong attitude, or, or I have not, I have not taken the time and energy to improve my skill sets. This is our job is to take care of ourselves, our job in life. We're put here by God in his image and likeness to focus on ourselves and make ourselves better so that we in turn can share that goodness with other people. A different approach, I know, especially in today's age when we're talking about collectivism, when we're talking about society being the focus. Do do we really understand what these tyrants through different regimes, as we have one here in the United States, what it is they're proposing? They're proposing that they, the 535 anointed princes and princesses, can take care of you, and you don't have to worry. We're going to take care of you. We're going to solve your problems. We're going to feed you. We're going to clothe you. We're going to house you. The only thing we ask in return is total subjugation. And and we've done this insidiously through our school system by absolutely removing the power of thought from our children's Ability, a natural ability that they're born with. I mean, it it is so evident today, and that's why reading books like this uh, just brings back things back into focus that that actually were instilled in me as a youngster. You know, I never heard when I was growing up that somebody's going to take care of us. I remember growing up and, and asking my parents if I can have... And and they very cleverly realized that their job was to provide a safe, quiet, happy environment, a home with a roof, something to protect from the elements, and wholesome food. And the sharing and the caring of love and attention. 
That was their job. My father went out, worked one, two, three jobs to provide the cash flow that was necessary and allowed them to save money for their future. But when I wanted something, like most kids, I want, I want, I was, in, I was pointed to the direction of creating it myself. I'm not saying my folks didn't help me. That's not, that's not what I'm saying here. But the emphasis was, and the same thing in school, the emphasis was on doing it yourself. Performance is a process. Your ability to perform at what it is you excel in, Lori with piano, Jeff in selling cars, that's a process. We don't wake up one morning, and it, it's kind of like the instant button from Staples, or these absolutely bogus charlatans that flood the Internet with the garbage related to $5,000 a week. Oh, you don't have to do a thing. This is totally automated. Just send me money. Well, I think that's fine. The, the, the cleverness of the person to put the program together are actually having a lot of people send them money. And I think that's very good. But the reality of life is that doesn't work. Good morning to G-Man. G-Man, Gino good morning. Here in Canada. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Gino. We appreciate you being here. Logged into the chat. Right. So again, performance is a process. Our job is to master the steps. That's what we should be focusing our time and energy in. If you're a machinist, there's a skill set involved in using a lathe or a mill properly. And and one of the things, I and we, we've shared this, what I've always enjoyed was meeting and working with people who spent their time and energy in employment of figuring out ways to make it better. I remember when I started farming here in Northern California, it was necessary for me to have some cash flow because as we know, farming is not a, uh, uh, farming is not a, uh, a daily, until we got our truck farm, is not a daily cash flow business. So I took a job at, at, uh, at that time, it was called Duche Nut, one of the oldest and largest almond processing companies in, in the United States. And I chose to work the night shift so I could farm during the day. And there basically, after midnight, were only three of us there. I ran the destoner, which was a machine that took the rocks and sticks out of the, the bins of almonds that were shaken from the trees and vacuumed up and delivered into the town. The, and those nuts, in turn, went to the uh, huller, a, a machine that took the hull off the almond. And then the next machine was the sheller, which took the shell off the almond. And there were only three of us in this huge plant. During the day, there were three to 400 people. And the interesting thing that our production every night was two to three times greater than the production of the same of, of the people running the same machines during the day. We used to sit around and talk while our machines were running and keep coming up with ideas on how to make it get smoother and how to produce more at night. It became a game to us. Did we make more money? No. I thought I was adequately paid at that time. I think it was three and a quarter an hour. 
I was working 84 hours a week, seven days a week, 12 hours, which was adequate. But the fun, the joy of, of the other two gentlemen are now deceased, but we actually for years got together and laughed about how we would do a quarter of a million pounds of nuts in a shift running through our machines, and the day crew would do like 70,000. Guess what? They focused their energy on when the coffee break was. They would shut their machine down, then go have coffee, then come back and turn the machine on. And these machines were so huge that it took several minutes for the machines to get up to speed. What we did is I would watch the machine for my the buddy next to me. I'd keep an eye back and forth each each machine. And he would get on the forklift and run down to the coffee break and bring us all coffee. We didn't go down and sit down. We didn't take a coffee break. Why did we do that? This is my issue. Why did we do it? Was it because of earning more money or was it because we enjoyed our performance satisfying us? One of the sentences in the book that struck me, let go of the destination. You're on a journey. Life is a journey. Now, I, I will counter this by we know what we're put here for. We're put here to live a life, produce, and share with society the greatness that we were born in the image and likeness of. And it, eventually we're going to pass on into a better world. We're going to be, be next to our Creator. But let go of that destination of the new house on the hill. Enjoy your journey. Because the more you enjoy your journey, actually, the more rewarding it is. I mean, if you focus on enjoying the journey, the, the, the greater your reward is going to be. And I will share this to you. In most cases, in most cases, you will receive more reward with cash remuneration. You will earn more money. Don't work for accolades. Be there to be perfect for yourself. That's one of the problems is people are working for, rec for, for recognition by others. And this, this, this is the same application in, in sales. I want you to like me. Well, you know what? I can show Lori a solution to her problem. It is really irrelevant whether or not she likes me. How do you feel about that, Lori? I mean, do, do, do you think that's an honest uh, position? Yes, I think it is. And uh, we have Tony Carlisle that has joined us on the phone and on the uh I don't guess he's on the chat room. Is, is that Tony or Bo? It it's it says Tony. Carl. Okay. All right. Well, hey, I've got my computer back, and I'll be able to see the chat room. Um, but I think that is very true. It doesn't really matter if I like you. What matters is if you're listening to, if you're asking the questions that that target my to determine what my need is and then you're providing a solution to that need 
it's up to me what I do with that information regarding that solution. I was going to say I would put it in terms of um, the concept that you're expressing. When I was preparing my recital at Eastern, it, the the hours that go into practice, if you're not enjoying it, then number one, why do it? And my my answer would have been, well, why do it is because I can't go out there on that stage and do a recital if I've not if I've not practiced for hours. But right. it was the joy the joy of those hours spent with that music at the piano that ended the end result was was the success of the recital, but it was the joy of it was was the hours that went into putting it together. Uh, that's I think you hit the nail right on the head. You, you were there for the journey. The destination was a success. You did re- you did reach your destination. Now the interesting thing is what other people felt about the finality is totally irrelevant basis based on what you felt about it. When when Shirley's out in the garage creating her artwork, her her woodwork, the real joy comes from how she feels about the completed product. Now, isn't it interesting that you know this 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 is what what we're all about here, especially in marketing. Shirley has a vision. She creates the product, but it appeals to people who think in the same process that she does, think in the same direction she does, which means that her product is not for everyone. And that's good. Because if she was going to create a product for everyone, wouldn't it then, a hobby then, wouldn't it then begin to look more like burden (laughs) or work? Now, it's interesting that she did not embark on this journey to retire and become extremely wealthy. She did it as a therapy to take up her time and energy that she used to spend and focus on the horse world. Now, in the horse world, we enjoyed owning horses, but we always had an income coming from that endeavor, that hobby. We turned that hobby into a cash flow position so that we could enjoy the hobby a little better. So the profit came, not the bottom line tax return. The profit came from the fact that we were able to enjoy what we love to do with less pressure. Don't worry about what other people think. I found this quote by Bruce Lee. I was never a, uh, I, I never spent a lot of time being involved in, in his action movie genre. But the young man had some good things to share, and I've come across some great quotes from Bruce Lee. And here's one that I think is very apropos to the topic today. Our journey. Do we want to perform well or do you need to perform well? Here's a thought from Bruce Lee. I'm not in this world 
to live up to your expectations. And you're not in the world to live up to mine. Any thoughts on that, Laurie? Wow. Um, that's, that is profound. And, and it's so true. We're, we're here to live up to our own, our own expectations. I think the expectations, of course, set by our understanding of what we are put here by our creator to do, um, we we each are a vessel i and i love the analogy a vessel created by the the master potter mm-hmm. um and we whatever our shape is what a, whatever our vessel is designed to do um we as long as we understand the meaning or the usage of the what the design was made to do and we're fulfilling that it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks Mm -hmm. very good you you know you just you just mentioned something that kind of uh, uh, brought my thought Uh, Gino just typed in something he says he loves Bruce Lee knowing is not enough we must apply willing is not enough we must do we must take action. We must take action. And again, who, for whom are we taking action? Am I taking action to impress Lori? You know, no. these are questions for all of us to consider. You're, you're not. You didn't take action to lose weight to impress me. Right. Um, I did it for myself. You did it for yourself, and. I'm already impressed, so it doesn't matter what I say. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and and the feeling's mutual. Thank you, Laurie. Uh, we have a mutual admiration society. <laughs> and all of this kind of ties into, because I, I get involved in chat rooms on Facebook and so on, about the network marketing industry. <clears throat> and if you've listened to this program before or you're a brand-new listener tomorrow, and you are involved in marketing, and if you have to spend time on the Internet, and if you, maybe you are, maybe you aren't involved in what's called network marketing or MLM marketing. And I constantly hear this thing, is it duplicatable? Well, let me share something with you. Duplication is pure bunk. Duplication is the crutch that people who are unable to perform are foisting on people on a daily basis because it sure sounds easy. What has worked for me does not necessarily work for you, but that that does not mean that you cannot end up with the same result. That does not mean that you cannot enjoy the same journey I'm on. Tony Carlisle came back. Uh, Thank you very much, Tony. We appreciate you being here. You were on the phone, and I'm sorry I I didn't see that. I just got back online and saw you were there, so I wasn't able to recognize you. If you'd like to type in the chat room uh, how you found us and where you're from, we'll sure give you accolades. And if there's anything nice you'd like to say about yourself, which you should, we'll share it with the audience. 
What has worked for someone else is not necessarily does not necessarily work for you. Don't shoot yourself in the foot by comparing yourself with others. I don't really give a rat squad how successful Joe Blow is in whatever he is doing that might be similar to what I'm doing. On the Internet, there are many people who provide the same kind of consulting services that I do. And there are people on the Internet that I know and we chat that make three to four times a month per client more than I do. That does not mean that I should do what they're doing. Because you see, my plan is my plan. And you convey it. You convey what you do, the information that you do in a in a in a way, in a tone and a presentation that's that that is conducive to those who who know and love you. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> It would be nice to be able to say that I earn as much money as X. I have some young people in San Francisco that I talk to and chat with. They start their clients in at $5,000 a month. I don't. Should I? Well, here's the interesting thing. Remember, we've been talking about our journey My journey today is to take the time that God has afforded me at age 70 and share it with the people that I choose to share it with. And the type of person that I currently enjoy sharing whatever it is I'm able to share with them are people who are not in the $5,000 a month ability to have someone work with them. Now, I'm happy to say that several of them have grown to that level over a period of a couple of years. It didn't happen overnight. And it's interesting to say that I enjoy the opportunity of sharing with them. So as their income grows, so did mine. The other thing is I've chosen not to create a 60 to 70 or 80 hour a week business that keeps me tied to that responsibility. So, my measurement, if somebody says, well, he's not as famous as Joe Blow or something, I don't care. What I do care is that those people who do contact me and, and, and want to share in my services end up getting to where they want to go based on what we discuss and they apply the action. And I apply action also because I'm helping them. Compare yourself to others only when looking for inspiration, not results. Now, those people that I indicated that charge more money, the reason I look up to them is I like a lot of the things they're doing, and I have the opportunity to learn tidbits. They, in turn, do the same. That's why we mastermind. That's why I'm not afraid to share, quote, trade secrets. And that's why almost all of the people that successful people that I've worked with over the years, we never are private with our trade secrets. There are no trade secrets. Tony says, thank you. Just learning how to use talk show. You're not interrupting, Tony. That's quite all right. And hello to you. Do you have a show, Tony? 
it's not it is very very easy to create and use um i would have never believed before about five years ago that i would have ever done anything like that and i just recently concluded um where i wanted to go with my podcast that i did have Mm mm-hmm Gonna have to find a new a new thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm sure you're gonna find a new thing because there's plenty of new things to do. Oh yes. You know. Oh, yes. Yeah. A new tack to take, I guess. There okay. you go. I want to do another podcast, but I, I, I really think I had said what I wanted to say on. Mm-hmm. That. Well, it's time. To, that's right. And and this podcast has taken a different direction. We're in the 389th episode. That's a long time to be meeting on a weekly basis, 389 weeks. Today, we actually brought up an old topic that's been discussed constantly in the thread of this talk show, and that's your life journey. And again, I want to, for those of you that might have come in later, I read a book that I enjoyed. I took a couple notes. You can find the book at youcanbuild.it slash deliver. It's written by a son and mother team of psychologists. Deliver it proper. I can't remember the exact title, but deliver it when you need it the most. And one of the emphasis that struck me because it's so true, it's the way I grew up, it's the way I was taught in school, Get rid of need and focus on want. If you need to do something, it's not going to happen as well as if you want to do it. Focus on yourself, not on the other person. Don't worry about what they think. And again, I'm going to focus back into sales. Well, I don't want to make a fool of myself on the telephone. How can you make a fool of yourself on the telephone? The people don't know you. What difference does it make? As long as you treat that little window of opportunity to speak to somebody else with the golden rule, do unto others as you would have others do unto you, you can't make a mistake. It can't be bad. Let go of the destination and enjoy your life journey. Enjoy it. The more you enjoy it, the more you're rewarded. I think... What happens is when we get that, when we when we go to that point of I need the sale, and we have the dollar signs in our eyes, it's it's it stops being about the person that we're trying to serve. It becomes about our needs, mm-hmm. our own self-centered needs versus the needs of the individual that you're trying to serve. Yep. You, um, as as you mentioned with us, you have uh, enjoyed the fruits of your labor and your direction on the things that you've outlined for Lori, regardless of what other people felt was okay for you. And, and, And this is what we all share, I think, on this show. This is what the takeaway is. Don't shoot yourself by comparing with others. Right. 
Because, because if you compare with others, others' expectations of you don't matter and don't line up with what you're designed to do. Others don't realize um, the fullness, I think, of the meaning of the vessel that the potter has created you to be like you do. Thank you very much for bringing up the clay again. Because this is my, this is what, what I, when Lori says what she says there, this is what I see. When a child is born, it's that lump of clay. Good clay, quality clay, the finest clay available. Because it's in the image and likeness of greatness. The child's parents have an opportunity and a responsibility to love and nourish shelter and protect that infant as the infant starts to toddle it should be given the opportunity to fall because at that point that infant is starting to shape itself into the wonderful vessel that we all are born with as long as that child is in charge with guidance with guidance. In this case, it's the parents who have taken the responsibility. They said yes to that responsibility. And as that child grows, that child wanders outside the yard and starts to see other aspects of society. And as that child is walking, that still not quite finished lump of clay The final artwork, the final detail of that is going to turn out to be based on whether the child is in control of shaping itself or the child allows society to be, to be the molder. Now, some people say, well, you're, you know, well, what about parents? No, 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 parents. The responsibility of being a parent is so magnificent. Our job is to show the child how to shape themselves, not to shape them. Our job is to provide the environment that allows that child to be shaped by themselves in the image that they so choose. Now, because we have a free will, that child may choose to shape themselves into an image that's not very acceptable by society. That is tragic, because typically what happens in that case is the parents, I'm sorry, it's the parents, did not instill or were not the example of a set of values. And that's another thing that we are seeing diminishing rapidly in this country today is a sense of values. It's all me. See, everybody says, well, Chuck, you're just like they are. They're talking about me. No, no, no. They're talking about the me the way they want me to be shaped. And it's letting, it's learning to let the beauty of that child develop. I know our daughter has has begun to become such a beautiful young woman. Um, it's it's just incredible watching the process. Isn't it fun watching them grow up? <laughs> it, it is, and she Chuck, she's recently, unlike a lot of seventh graders, 
usually you don't take the ACT and SAT till high school. Sure, sure. She has, because of the academic ability that she has reflected, she's been allowed. She's been given an opportunity to take those tests in seventh grade. Yep. And she scored on a range of one to thirty-six on the ACT. She scored a thirty-two, mm-hmm. and then almost nineteen hundred on the SAT out of a range of six. Now, would it be your impression as her as her proud parent to put the the reason those things are happening is because your daughter has a handle on herself? She does. Okay, that's she, that's she what we're really pointing does. to. She really does, and she's um, we're going to transition her because of that. She's wanting, she's expressed a desire to focus her education. At one point, she was looking along, more along the line of science, more along mm-hmm. the line of, of wanting to be a storm chaser, meteorologist. Well, Yeah, I remember that. Now she's wanting to focus more along the, the fine arts, the performing arts, which uh, has been something that her dad and I are passionate about and have exposed her to at a young, um, ever since a very young age. Right. And um, because of that, she's really taken an interest in that. And so we're going to transition her to a, a public charter school here um, next year that will focus her studies. Uh, while she'll still get her core studies, she she will be focusing that around the expression of her abilities within the fine arts. And you know what might be real funny, and, and it's really none of our business, is that five years from now your wife, your, your wife, your daughter may want to become a real estate salesperson, and that's fantastic. It is. You see, this, this is the other thing that I've observed, is that parents today, because of the direction parents are indicated – we, many times, I'm not talking in your case, Lori, but many times parents are using their children to be a reflection of all the things they didn't. And I, I would, you know, in a way, I mean, I grew up with this way. My, you know, I graduated college, first kid in my family, you know, thousands of years to graduate high school, let alone college. And I started farming. And my dad, sitting on the back of the planter, he came down to help me plant my first crop. He'd never done that. And we we got finished. We went had a, had a beer at the pickup truck, and he said, "I don't understand it, son. You're out here after all the money that you invested, the work that you did, working full time, putting yourself through college, and, and we're out here farming." I said, "Yeah, Dad, because I love to farm, and I'm using that which I learned to farm better." Because I had some great ideas. Some of them failed miserably, and some of them were quite successful. But it really, my dad, you see, even though he gave me all of that, that, that foundation, he couldn't understand why his kid would not want to do a more easy or, uh, you know what I'm trying to say, you know, why didn't I become uh, the doctor uh, or, or whatever, okay? So, people take, as Gino said earlier in the chat, people take the easy way out. And that's, that's right. What- People are used to seeing. Um, I think the only thing that I've done um, 
that I've kind of, you know, as Marissa's been going through her education, that I could say um, that I've been um, using to my advantage is that she, uh, as she's worked through her science and math and, and run into situations where she needs help with homework, it spurred me on to to um, improve your improve math abilities, my math skills. Very good. <clears throat> well, we've been on a journey today, and I imagine we're going to continue on this journey for quite a while. I know uh, uh, I'm looking forward to my journey each and every day. I've only had, let's see, how many have I had so far? How many days have I enjoyed? I'm going to do this. I haven't done this for a while. Oops, I've got to turn the machine on. I would say that it's quite honest to say of the 25,550 days that I've had the opportunity of being on the face of this earth, I've probably enjoyed 99.9% of them. I will honestly say I did not enjoy my heart attack. I did not enjoy the feeling that I had when I came home. That's a, and I did not enjoy... I did, there's one other day that I remember very deeply when I went out to harvest my wheat crop when I moved here to Northern California, and I was so proud. It was the most beautiful field of wheat a person could imagine, 300 acres of rolling hills with the snow-capped mountains behind it. I bought that harvester for $300 and spent all winter fixing it up so it would work with the help of my neighbor because I didn't know squat about mechanics. And I rolled that harvester out there and we went through the wheat field and the wheat was pouring into the header, just flowing like water into that header. The problem is I didn't hear any wheat kernels dropping behind me into the bin because the strong north winds that occurred early in May wiped out the kernels of wheat. They were in the dough stage this was dry land farming, and the wind actually desiccated the seed. So I had 300 acres of grass, but you don't sell grass very well. You have to sell wheat. I will say that was not one of my happiest days. What is interesting, though, is that occurrence spurred me on to refocus into farming a smaller piece of ground more intensely for products that I could sell for cash daily. So I switched from being this wheat farmer up in the hills to a truck farmer, which I had been before. Why did I do that? Because every day I could go out and pick something and I could put it in my little fruit stand there on the highway and sell it. And at the end of each day, I had a few pennies in my pocket. And that allowed me to continue to feed and clothe my new family. Thank you very much for being with us, Tony. Tony's already gone. We're going to be leaving and I'm going to leave you with this comment today. Again, the journey. How do we handle our journey? We need to set strong intention as we begin each of our journeys. By the way, every time we take a new track, it's a new journey. Life is a total journey. But if Gino wants to fine-tune an athletic skill, that's a 
journey along with the other journeys that he's doing. Lori's uh, improving her math skills. That's another journey. I'm going to close today with a quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson and then remind everybody to get a copy of this great book. I call it Deliver. And you can find it at youcanbuild.it, Deliver. There's a few words from one of my favorite, favorite people, Ralph Waldo Emerson. What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are things are <laughs> are are not things that matter compared to what lies within us. What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are things that don't matter as compared to what lies within us. Thank you all very much. This is Chuck Bartok saying uh, have a great week because, you know, you really don't have any alternative. Join us tomorrow night on You Can Build It, the business development show. We're going to have a great guest, a lovely lady that I've known for several years. And here's an interesting adage. How do you fall into a pile of poo-poo and come out smelling like a rose? Here's a young lady that has taken poop and turned it into a fortune. How she did it? We chatted a few years ago. She said that's a good idea, and she focused her time and energy in doing it. Thank you all very much. Talk to you later. Chuck Bartok. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.